Burn the tape. The New York Rangers play arguably their worst game of the season in a 6-2 loss to the Ottawa Senators. What went wrong in this one? We break it all down on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 956 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, obviously, rough night in Ottawa for the New York Rangers. They get off to another bad start, which is becoming something of a trend recently. Obviously, in the games against Nashville and San Jose, they fell behind in both of those as well. Came back from 2-0 down against the Predators to win that game. Came back from down one nothing and down 2-1 against the Sharks to ultimately barely hang on for a 6-5 win. But obviously, you keep playing with fire sooner or later, you're going to get burnt. It was another bad start for the Rangers. Credit to the Senators for coming out and uh, just seemingly being more ready to play uh, in this game than the Rangers were. But the bottom line is the Rangers weren't good enough in the first period. That's something that's kind of become a trend. Uh, you mix that in with uh, a subpar performance from Igor Shesterkin. You also throw in some general sloppiness with the puck, some turnovers in your own end, the complete inability to capitalize on a five-on-three power play that lasted for about a minute 30, give or take a couple of seconds either way. And it's usually going to add up to a loss. And indeed, that's what happened in this game. But I think, you know, the biggest issue that the Rangers had in this game uh, above probably anything else was just too many mistakes. A lot of mistakes made by the Rangers led directly to goals for the Ottawa Senators. And it's interesting because, and the broadcasters point this out too, Sam and Joe were all over this, but we had at the start of this game, basically like a 10 minute stalemate where there just wasn't a whole lot happening. And you can live with that. I mean, you know, obviously you're not creating any scoring opportunities, but you're not really giving up any either. And, um, you know, you'd like a little bit better of a start than this, but obviously it's workable. And at the very least, you're at least defending well, you've got good structure and uh, you're not giving up too many quality scoring opportunities. But that pretty much went out the window. This game turned into a track meet not long after that. And again, the mistakes are what hurt the Rangers. So the first goal of the game by the centers, they finally get some sustained pressure. Situation where the puck really should have come out of the Ranger zone. Lafreniere had it along the boards near the Ranger blue line. And he made it pass kind of like across the ice uh, to Braden Schneider. Schneider could not handle the pass. Um, not sure that was the best thing for Lafreniere to do with that pass in the first place. But I also think this is one that Braden Schneider probably could have and probably should have handled. Uh, he did not. Claude Giroux picks it up. Uh, You get some good passing by the Senators. You get a couple of shots going wide. Uh, Rangers, once again, even after this, a couple of chances to get possession, possibly even get the puck out of the zone. They could not do it. And then finally, you got Zub taking a shot from the blue line, and Kachuk is there on the doorstep. We said, you know, in the previous episode, we were previewing this game. You always have to be aware of him on the ice. He's always uh, very noticeable. He's always affecting the game one way or the other. And here, uh, pulling at Chris Kreider, crashing the net, and deflecting the puck past uh, the goalie and obviously scores. And you could tell right away, Peter Laviolette was not happy uh, after this goal was allowed. And that was kind of a theme 
for this game as well. But the Senators at this point up one nothing exactly 11 minutes into the game. This was the first, what I would say, was a bad shift for the Rangers. And obviously it cost them. And once again, three straight games where the Rangers have given up the first goal of the contest. And then you know, the Senators end up making it 2 to nothing. You've got Truba and Kachuk, a great battle in the corner, but Kachuk is able to kind of uh, avoid him for the most part. There was some physicality there. Senators were able to keep possession. You get another shot going wide. And uh, this goal, more than any other, I think, was on Igor Shesterkin. Uh, and pretty much Igor Shesterkin solely. I mean, I guess there were some times where you know, the Senators won a couple of 50-50 pucks here to keep possession alive. But you know, you're not going to win every 50-50 puck. And to me, at least, uh, this was one that Igor probably should have come up with. You could kind of see this happening in slow motion. Giroux got the puck behind the net and went around the other side, tried for the wraparound goal. And you could just kind of, again, you could see it developing. As I'm watching this, I'm thinking like, man, get over there. And, you know, easy for me to say. I'm sitting here watching this in the comfort of my own living room on a couch. Igor Shesterkin is out there playing possibly the most difficult position in all of sports and uh, having to compete his tail off night in and night out. But you can see he was just a little bit late getting over there. Not so late that he couldn't uh, keep out the initial wraparound try by Giroux because he did make the save. He got his skate up against the post, made the initial save. Giroux stayed at it, uh, kind of just whacked away there. And on the second whack, he got it past Igor and into the net, two to nothing. And uh, again, you know, Igor is clearly not his best in this game, ends up giving up five goals. He's been a little bit up and down this season. We're going to talk about Igor in greater detail in a future episode, quite possibly the next episode. Um, and not all of this was on him, but I think this one was. This is one that Igor's got to get over there and has to figure out a way to keep this puck from getting by him. But just like that, two to nothing in favor of the Senators. And that was indeed the score after the end of the first period as well. Um, there's also you know, the Rangers, the second period, they get a goal back. They, they cut it to two to one on the tail end of a power play, a power play that started in the first period, carried over into the second. And then you had Tarasenko, and we talked about this too. Former Rangers always come back to hurt their other team. Tarasenko had not scored a goal in his last 10 games. You knew he was getting one in this one. And indeed he scores here to make it three to one. I'm going to break down the Tarasenko goal uh, a little bit later in this episode when we kind of highlight what was a really disappointing sequence in the second period for the Rangers. For right now though, you know, Tarasenko goes in on the rush and he scores and makes it three to one. You also had you know, the Rangers again, they come back and they cut it down to three to two. But then not long after that, you've got a goal that makes it 4-2. to This happened after Panarin basically made a pass to nobody. And I can only get so mad at Artemi Panarin right now, the, the way that he's been showing up every single night and establishing himself as a Hart Trophy candidate, um, elevating the play of those guys around him, and at times carrying the Rangers offensively. But not a good play here. Him and Trocek uh, for one of the few times this season were not on the same page. You had Panarin again. He kind of passed back to the point, thinking that Trocek was going to be there. Uh, he was not there, and it leads to a rush for Tarasenko. Tarasenko picks up the puck. He takes a shot. The save is made, but Batheson is there to bury the rebound and make it 4-2 for the Senators. And then, you know, the last goal, the last non-empty net goal that the Senators scored, uh, this made the score 5-2 in Ottawa's favor. This one was basically just a bad bounce. There's not a whole lot you could do about this. Uh, you know, Zub took a shot broke his stick and went off the boards, bounced right back in front and the centers, buried the rebound. So kind of just some bad puck luck there. But honestly, the way the Rangers played in this one, couldn't even get mad at them. It's kind of what they deserved, if I'm being completely honest here. You know, you're not going to get any puck luck from the uh, the hockey gods when you're kind of playing the way that the Rangers were playing this one. And uh, bad bounce went against them here, got the centers up by three goals. It's clearly not, you know, the decisive blow in this game. The Rangers, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're faded all but been sealed even before this. And I know you can always come back down four to two, but again, you're, you're not going to get any lucky bounces. You're not going to get any breaks in your favor. Usually 
uh, when you play the way the Rangers played for the majority of this game. Hockey has a funny way of kind of rewarding teams that, you know, work hard. And uh, I thought the Rangers did get outworked in this one. It's, it's not the kind of game where the Rangers effort I thought was like abysmal. I, I thought, you know, they, they skated all right. Um, they, you know, at least created a decent amount of scoring chances. And um, again, I, I don't think it was really a lack of effort, even though the center's effort was better. I thought more than anything, this game was a lack of execution by the New York Rangers. And obviously it hurt them. And I do want to share a stat here that I found interesting. It was kicking around social media earlier today. It's a stat on odd man rushes. And this surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe the Rangers would be more like middle of the pack or maybe even a little bit better than middle of the pack. But there's a stat right now, again, kicking around on social media this morning, uh, odd man rushes against for teams in the NHL. And the Rangers right now, in terms of how many odd man rushes they allow per game, they allow 4.52 odd man rushes uh, every game. And that is 27th in the league out of 32 teams. And for a little bit of context here, the Kings are first, uh, but they're kind of an anomaly because they only allow 2.57 odd man rushes per game. Uh, There's quite a drop off after that from them to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, The Kings allow 3.33 odd man rushes per game, and the Blackhawks are dead last at 6.39. But the bottom line, the Rangers are down near the bottom of the league in that, and that's something that they're obviously going to have to fix. And you got to think, you know, with a coach like Peter Laviolette, that will probably uh, be a focal point at some point going forward here. Hopefully as soon as, uh, you know, between now and the next time the Rangers take the ice on Saturday. I'm going to keep everything rolling here. I want to talk a little bit about the injury to Barclay Goodrow. Also want to talk about what I thought was a really disappointing sequence for the Rangers in the second period because they had a chance to come back as they've been doing in recent games and uh, just did not pounce on the opportunity when it was there. So we'll get to all that stuff in just a second here. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. The Jay's case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Big thanks to the everydayers for always tuning in and supporting Locked On New York Rangers. And uh, for everybody that's going to be back, which hopefully uh, is a good chunk of you guys, uh, you know, the Rangers are going to be back in action this weekend against the Capitals and the Kings. But we got one more episode before that. Uh, I want to discuss the Rangers options. We're going to do that a little bit today, but we're going into greater detail. Uh, if Barclay Goodrow has to miss time, because I haven't seen a definitive update on him this morning. So if he has to miss any amount of time, what are the Rangers' options as far as replacing him? A call up from the Wolfpack. Uh, also going to be taking, I mentioned this a second ago, but going to be kind of doing a deep dive on Igor Shesterkin and uh, talking a little bit about what has been, you know, a, a good season for Igor, but just not playing at the level that you expect and just not playing with the consistency that you expect. I still think his best days are ahead of him this season, but we will talk about Igor and, um, yeah, whatever else we get into. But for right now, let's continue uh, talking about what was obviously a rough performance by the Rangers. So, I mentioned that I really wanted to kind of hone in on what was, I thought, a very, very disappointing sequence in the second period. Look, Rangers, not good enough in the first period. They were fine, honestly, for the first, you know, 10 or 11 minutes. And then it got away from them uh, in the last, you know, nine or 10 minutes of the opening stanza. 
Um, but the bottom line, it all led up to the Rangers being down two to nothing and uh, just not a good period overall. You know, when you look at the the whole entirety of the first period, um, but then, you know, they, they come out flying in the, in the second period, they end up, you know, they're on the power play to start the second period. There's a penalty called very late in the first and they end up scoring on a goal from Artemi Panarin. Panarin basically just let the puck fly from the blue line, put it at the net. There's a lot of traffic in front. You know, Trotrek was there. Kreider was there. A couple centers there as well. But, um, you know, Panarin looked like he scored on this one clean. I don't think it bounced off of anybody on the way uh, to the net. And so that cut it to two to one. And you're thinking like, okay, here we go. Bad first period. And obviously it's something the Rangers have to fix going forward. You don't want this to become a habit again, but you're right back in the game. There's at this point, I mean, what is it now? 38 minutes to go in the game. You're down by one goal. And we've seen how the Rangers can kind of flip the switch at times and really turn it on, um, you know, despite bad starts. But the Rangers never really built on this. You know, they, they get it to two to one and the next shift. And we've talked about this so much, the, the shifts that follow a goal. And that was on full display in this one. The Rangers just have not been sharp and we're not sharp in this game at all. Right after this goal by Panarin that cut the lead to two to one, you've got a couple of odd man rushes up the ice for the centers. Uh, Kachuk goes in up the right side. He takes a shot. Igor's got to fight that one off. And then Rangers briefly got the puck out of the zone. The centers go right back in. This time it's Giroux basically going on the same path that Kachuk just took uh, up the right side. He takes a shot. Igor's got to fight that one off as well. So a couple of nice saves there by Igor. But then you've got the Rangers uh, being very sloppy with the puck in their own zone, uh, just allowing second chances that probably should not happen. Uh, you know, Wheeler, I got to give him some props. He made a really good play to prevent Tarasenko from taking a shot from right in front of the net. So th- that obviously, you know, staves off the centers, eventually scoring another goal here. But the Rangers get the puck out of the zone. Centers bring it right back in. It's two on one. Uh, Tarasenko goes up the right side. And we saw, you know, albeit for a brief amount of time last year, but we saw, and anybody that follows hockey, you've seen it with him, with the Blues for years. Uh, Tarasenko just goes in up the right side and he's so dangerous with that wrist shot, especially from that spot on the ice and just, uh, you know, rips a wicked wrist shot and beats Igor Shesterkin clean. And just like that, it's three to one centers. And I I will say, as I saw Tarasenko bearing down on Igor, I know, I I mean, what I just said there, I know how dangerous he is um, from that spot on the ice. And I know that the Rangers get killed by their former players. And I know that the Rangers have not been sharp in this game. So as he was skating in there, I said goal. And I'm sorry, maybe I jinxed it. Uh, maybe I was even trying for a reverse jinx there that if I say Tarasenko is going to score, he won't. But bottom line, that had goal written all over it. Uh, Tarasenko really teed that one up and uh, just, again, just ripped a, a wicked wrist shot and um, had pretty much a clear path to the uh, to the goal there. Um, but again, this is what happens. You know, the Rangers have had too many lackluster starts recently, and it's great that they're coming back. It's great that they're responding to some adversity early in the game. But if you just keep doing this and doing this and doing this sooner or later, one of these games, you're not going to be able to come back. And that's what we saw from the Rangers in this one. It's kind of built on this, you know, the lackluster start to the second period, uh, even after Panarin got that goal there. Basically, the same thing happened when the Rangers got another goal by Keandre Miller. That cut the lead back down to 3-2. or two. And again, as a fan, you're thinking, okay, this has not been pretty. There's a lot to nitpick here. There's a lot that we don't like, but it's game on at this point. You're down by one goal. Maybe the Rangers can, uh, you know, hit their stride a little bit and get rolling. Never happened. They never built on their momentum after this goal by Keandre Miller. Uh, they continued to not really play any defense. The centers basically had a uh, free pass through the neutral zone through pretty much this entire game. And less than two minutes later, another rush for the centers into the Rangers zone. And that's when Batheson scores and puts the centers uh, up by two goals at that point, four to two. And uh, the Rangers would not ever get any closer than they did at three to two. Uh, the centers actually wrapped this game up with three consecutive unanswered goals. One was an empty netter, of course, but uh, whatever. It still was a bad finish to this game for the Rangers. I also want to uh, to kind of shift gears a little bit here. 
talk a little bit about the Barkley Goodrow injury. And you know, anybody saw this game, you saw what happened. Ke'Andre Miller was basically, you know, holding the puck in the Ottawa zone and looked to dump it deep. And it he elevated the puck and it clocked Barkley Goodrow right in the face. Uh, Goodrow went down and uh, got back up. He was kind of hunched over, went right to the locker room. And then we found out early in the second period that Barclay Goodrow was ruled out and would not return to this game. I'm not sure when the Rangers themselves determined that, but that's when we, the audience, uh, got word that Goodrow was indeed going to be out for the rest of the night. And as I mentioned earlier, haven't really seen a definitive update on Barclay Goodrow's status. Um, so... You know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. I mean, probably the way it goes, you know, as I'm recording this, they're probably updating it on social media right now. And uh, while I'm thinking of that, why don't I just take a quick gander here at uh, Twitter and just see if uh, there's anything about Barclay Goodrow real quick. If you guys will just bear with me for two seconds. Uh, not seeing anything at first glance here. And I don't want to spend the entire episode scrolling through uh, social media. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, if Goodrow has to miss any time, the Rangers have a couple of different options. One thing you could do is you could try going with 11 forwards and seven defensemen for a game. We haven't seen the Rangers do that this season. I'm not really sure if LaViolette, you know, likes to do that or doesn't like to do that. Um, but you could always stick Zach Jones back in there for a game and go with set or go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Uh, if there has to be a call up, maybe you get somebody. I mean, we just talked about Brennan Offman, right? Maybe uh, he's on fire for the pack right now. Maybe they uh, decide to give him his first look in the NHL. You know, kind of think back to last year, the way the Rangers handled Will Cooley. You know, they called him up for, I think it was, I mean, I know he only played four games with the Rangers, and I think all four were right in a row. So that was his first cup of coffee in the NHL. And just kind of getting him acclimated, getting him his, getting his feet wet a little bit. And, uh, you know, maybe they do something similar with Brian Offman, or maybe if Offman plays well enough, he could actually stick with the Rangers. We'll see. I, I get the feeling that they don't feel like it's necessary, given the start that they're off to this season, wanting Offman to just get a little bit more seasoning in the AHL. I could be wrong, though. You know, it's, it's at least an option. It's at least something that could be on the table. Uh, other candidates, I mean, you could look at maybe somebody like a Riley Nash. Uh, if, if if Goodrow has to miss any time, then you would think they probably need a center because as far as healthy centers, then it's only Mika and Trocek and Bonino right now. Now, Brodzinski, he can play center, obviously, but I don't think the Rangers and I don't think a lot of fans want to see him move from the first line just yet. I think that experiment is still kind of underway there. And if you want to put uh, Brodzinski at center, you'd have to drop him from the first line probably down to the third line, and then Bonino moves down to the fourth line, uh, probably something like that. So, I mean, you could do that, but if, if the Rangers call up a center, maybe somebody like Riley Nash, a veteran player, uh, obviously not a superstar, 34 years old now, but um, he's been getting rave reviews, you know, with Hartford, with the Wolfpack, and uh, Coach Steve Smith, you know, put him over in a recent press conference, is really having a positive influence on the team. So if you just want a steady pair of hands and somebody who, um, he was a hard-nosed player, uh, physical player and somebody that's not going to lose the game for you. You could go with Riley Nash. Alex Belzeal is off to a good start uh, for the Wolfpack as well. So they, they've got some options. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself anyway because we don't even know. Barkley Goodrow could very well be right back out there uh, for this game against the uh, uh, whoever they play on Saturday. Who is it? The Caps on Saturday, the Kings on Sunday. I was drawing a blank for a second there. But, yes, it's the Caps on Saturday and uh, the Kings on Sunday. The Rangers will have a back-to-back this weekend. So we'll keep our eye on that. And like I said, if we find out that Goodrow's going to miss any time, we'll discuss in greater detail some of the options that they have uh, to hopefully get by without him uh, in our next episode. Uh, but for right now, I want to keep everything rolling here. I want to uh, talk a little bit about the kind of the defining moment of this game and when we knew for sure that this game was over and it just was not going to be the New York Rangers night. We're going to talk about that. A couple other things as well, including uh, an Adam Fox quote from after the game. We'll get to all that stuff in just a second. First, though, Definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. 
As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. I've talked about this in the past, but, you know, my friend, he's a big uh, New York Giants fan, and he always bets against them because he says that if he does that, either he wins money or his football team wins the game. And honestly, I'm thinking about something maybe a little similar. You got the Yankees coming into this season. I'm just kind of a jaded Yankee fan at this point. I I know I'm not the only one, but maybe I I bet something like the under as far as how many wins they're going to get, and then either I win my bet or I'm pleasantly surprised when the Yankees prove me wrong. But uh, we'll see. Just tossing out a couple ideas here. But once again, visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also, want to let you guys know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, go ahead and keep everything rolling here. And I kind of just wanted to focus in on the point at this game where we knew it was over. You know, again, the Rangers have shown an ability to come back. You're down by a couple goals. There's obviously, uh, you know, some dangerous offensive weapons on the Rangers. So you never completely give up. But at this point, all signs were pointing to the Rangers, uh, certainly tasting defeat on this night uh, here in Ottawa. So for me, this point in the game came when the Rangers had a five on three. Uh, you know, Panarin had just drawn a high stick penalty. So the Rangers are on the power play right after this or very shortly thereafter. Uh, you get a tripping penalty against Stutzla on Trocek. Senators call the timeout. There's 15.57 to go at this point in the game. And the Rangers are going to be on the five on three for a minute and 25 seconds. And they kind of waste the first portion of this, but then there's a play stoppage with 59 seconds to go when the puck deflects out of play. Uh, you got Panarin shooting wide. Adam Fox had a good keep in, uh, but then you had Trocek passing from behind the net in front of Kreider. We're used to Kreider burying this, and for one reason or another, he just could not handle the pass here. You get a clear from Claude Giroux. You also had during this, you almost had a breakaway for the Senators. While the Rangers were up five on three, you almost had a breakaway, and you had Igor Shesterkin coming about half a mile out of his net uh, to come up and play the puck away from the oncoming Ottawa Senators. And uh, you know, Igor just got there before the Ottawa skater did and poked it away from him. By the time this play ended, Igor was in the neutral zone. He actually crossed the blue line uh, very briefly there and then obviously scrambled back into his net. Um, but you know th- this power play ends, and I believe they said that they had one shot on goal for this entire thing here. And you're not going to, you know, they, they were down 5-2 to two when all this was happening. So... The door was open. You, know, you get at least one power play goal. You're back in it. Maybe you get two. You, know, you got the five on three advantage. Maybe you can get two power play goals. Uh, Rangers did not get any. You're not going to squander a minute and a half of a five on three advantage. And then sco- and then after that, score three goals in 14 minutes or less to tie this game. It just wasn't going to happen. Once this five on three uh, power play opportunity was wasted, the Rangers fate was sealed. There's no way they were going to come back. And, you know, they, they are a team that comes back. They do lead the league with nine comeback wins. But uh, at this point, you just kind of knew it wasn't going to happen on this night. Pretty much the only interesting thing that happened after this point in the game was you had a fight between Eric Gustafson and Dominic Kubalik. Uh, the Rangers earlier in this game got a power play after goalie interference on Kubalik. He kind of, I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but he kind of 
uh, kicked Igor's leg out from underneath him. You know, he just kind of clipped him going by, and the penalty was called. You had Lindgren going after Kubalik when that happened, but Lindgren was smart here, you know, smart enough to not, like, attack him, you know, just give him a shove and just let him know that he's there and uh, chirp him a little bit because, obviously, Lindgren didn't want to take a penalty and throw away a power play opportunity that was forthcoming for the Rangers. So that happened. That was in the first period. And then the third period here, uh, you've got a situation where Kubalik hits Braden Schneider from behind into the boards. You know, looked like he maybe got him in the head a little bit there. And uh, Eric Gustafson not really used to, uh, to – to fighting or that's not something that he does all that often. I was actually kind of wondering about that. Like, I certainly don't think of Gustafson as a fighter, but when he dropped the gloves here, I, I was kind of thinking in my head, because obviously he's new to the Rangers. He's bounced around the league quite a bit, but I'm thinking like, does he do this? Like, is this a Gustafson thing? And uh, according to the announcers, no, this is not something that he does very often, but props to Gustafson uh, for sticking up for his uh, defense partner there, drops the glove with Kubalik. And I give a slight edge to Gustafson in this fight here. Uh, after the hit happened, Gustafson and Lafreniere basically both went right after Kubalik. Kubalik was already kind of a marked man from the goalie interference earlier in the game. And um, one of them was going to fight him. And I guess Gustafson uh, just beat Lafreniere to the punch. Uh, no pun intended there. So uh, that was pretty much it. You know, again, the center's at an empty netter, whatever. I mean, at that point, you're down by three goals. You pull the goalie with four minutes left. You got to try something. It's probably not going to work, but uh, at least worth uh, worth a shot and uh, did not work and just not a good night for the Rangers. But I figured I'd leave you guys with this quote from Adam Fox. I noticed this on social media last night. So I, this is what Adam Fox had to say about the game. I think we were pretty loose that game. Seemed like especially that second period was run and gun. Guys behind us, odd man rushes. Just a sloppy one out of us. Definitely one to forget. And yeah, my sentiments exactly. I, I think Adam Fox summed it up pretty perfectly there. Um, I, I will say, though, you know, this does kind of, you get a loss like this, it kind of makes you look forward to the next one all that much more. The, the bummer part of this is that this game occurred on Tuesday. Rangers don't play again until Saturday, but they got plenty of time uh, to clean up their mistakes and hopefully be ready to put their best foot forward against the Capitals. It's kind of a situation where you expect one of those bounce back games uh, for the Rangers. You know, the Rangers are playing Laviolette's old team in the Capitals, and he was you know, basically fired. They, they called it, you know, a mutual parting or whatever, but for all intents and purposes, Laviolette was fired uh, by the Caps. The Rangers seem to be following Laviolette and um, have really bought into him and his system. And hopefully that means that they're going to play hard for him against his old team. The Capitals are 12, 8, and 2. So maybe a little bit better of a start than a lot of people were expecting out of the Capitals this season. And the other piece of good news here is that the Rangers have been awesome bouncing back after losses this season. A lot of their wins have been, after losses, have been some of their best performances of the season. A couple of lopsided wins in there as well. So we'll see if they can continue that trend. Uh, Also of note this weekend, we're going to see the Rangers' third jersey. It will be worn on Sunday at home against the Los Angeles Kings for the first time. I'm not really that big on like alternate jerseys and whatnot. I mean, they're, they're fine. It, it's kind of like a dark Navy blue. And then you've got the Rangers shield, just a giant shield uh, right in the middle of the sweater there or Jersey, if you prefer. Um, it, it's fine. It's whatever. At least it's not the lady liberties and I've got nothing against the lady liberties in general, but the Rangers just don't win when they wear those. So, you know, they, they can try these and we can all jump to a conclusion. If they win, then they got to win these every game. If they lose and they can never wear them again. You got to throw them in the fire and just burn them. So uh, we'll see how it goes for the Rangers when they break those out. Um, There's also a certain streak that will be once again on the line for the Rangers this Saturday against the Capitals. And you guys will remember that, you know, for a while there, I wasn't bringing it up on the podcast, but I said, if the Rangers got through November with this streak still intact, that I would mention it here on the podcast. And that's what happened. And that streak is the very simple fact that the Rangers all season have not lost back to back games. That's a crazy streak. And that's including overtime losses. I'm not splitting the regulation losses and the overtime losses. No, they have not lost 
two straight games a single time this entire season. And we are now 24 games into the season. So look, eventually that streak will end. They're not going to go the full 82 without back-to-back losses, but I'm having a blast with this streak. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And hopefully the Rangers can uh, extend it at least one more time here, get the win, bounce back win against the Capitals on Saturday. So I figure we could pretty much call it there. Like I said, just, just not a great game for the Rangers. They just did not play well. They did not execute well. Um, the effort was not the best that we've seen uh, all season from the Rangers. I, I didn't think it was a disaster either, though. I, I think more than anything, see lack of execution for the Rangers. And yes, at times, certainly uh, outworked by the centers as well. Just did not have their A game. So bounce back and don't make it a habit and, and come back and get the Capitals on Saturday. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.